hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Philip Golfie from Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team, and welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zaprin. Yes, and uh, well, Rob Golfie is usually here, but uh, he is uh, away this weekend, but we'll hold down the fort here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. RobGolfie.com is the website to go to. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team or you have a topic idea you'd like us to pounce upon on a future episode, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Host of topics to get to today, including tenants and landlords' rights when selling a property. That should be an interesting discussion. We have how to avoid a rental scam in a matter of seconds, but we should reflect, well, on a couple of things. Number one, producer Jerry's not here today, yeah, know, so it's just me and you in the studio. <laughs> and, uh, and Studio's the, quiet without Jerry and Rob. Definitely. Not a lot of, not a lot of talking There's between, not a lot of chatter. Uh, in between programs here. So <laughs> Yes. Usually we're, we're you know, we're, we're uh, we're here a lot longer when they're not here, and yep. it's going to be a lot shorter when when they're gone. And so. during the commercial breaks, there's uh, no chatter between the two, so that's good. Uh, but Robert is in California, I understand. Yeah, he's he's down there. He's at another conference. He's trying to uh, find new ways to build our team and and new marketing um, strategies to to better sell homes and better assist our clients and. He's having a good time down there. I think he's going to turn it into a little work uh, work vacation. I think he's going to take off so to nice. uh, Los Cabos. I know my mom's down there with him too. So it's a good little getaway um, before he comes back. And, and usually when he comes back, he's all energetic and re-motivated. <laughs> it's like he just right. visited a, a Tony Robbins event. So yeah, yeah. he's going to – hopefully he comes back with a couple new ideas. And, um, you know, he loves going to those things. I've been with him a few times and it's just – you know, 200, and 200 realtors sitting in a room with, with all the same kind of motivations and, and goal to, mm-hmm. to continue to develop their businesses and, and continue to provide a, a, a good client experience and develop marketing strategies that in the end support our sellers. And, and you know, the ultimate goal is, you know, to get the most money for their house when selling and provide right. a, a good customer experience. So any way we can continue to build upon our current, you know, home selling system and our current home selling strategy and make it better for each and every single one of our clients is a, is a good thing. And mm-hmm. this is a, this is a great way to do it. It's, you know, kind of remove yourself from the business, take a step back for a couple of days, unwind and, and, and allows you to reflect on, on what you're working on and, and how to build it. Um, and you know, this is something that he's been doing for, I want to say the past 20 years, but he, he, um, he's a part of this, this mastermind group that he's been going to, I want to say six, seven years now. And you know, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of idea sharing and, and business development ideas that has allowed us to 
create new systems that you know have resulted in us being recognized nationally as yeah. you know the number one sales team in Canada for Remax. So it's it's really exciting for uh, for us and seeing what he has in store. I can imagine when you're at these events, uh, there must be some aha moments or some moments where it's like, well, we never thought of that. That that might oh work. for sure. And 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 a lot of the time is, is sometimes you'll go to this event and. And you're only looking for one or two things, right? Like, like you, it's hard to, uh, you know, when you get to this point and, 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 you know, you've done everything and you're still looking to build, if you come home and we call them nuggets, right? You just want a little nugget. Right. So if you're looking, you know, and it could, it, it could be a conversation that happens at dinner then it's not even part of the the actual presentation part of the yeah the the presentation yeah, so yeah. a lot of it's just retooling and 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 continuing to develop on the things that you're already doing and doing them better mm-hmm. but a lot of the you know you might get one maybe two new things that you didn't think of before that somebody else is doing and is working for them <laughs> and if you can take that back to your team and, and apply it then then it's a successful successful time yeah. but it's um you know, you're, you're just looking for, you know, it's not like he's going to go, go there and, and change our whole business. He's just looking for one or two little little nuggets or one or two little things that he can bring back and apply to, to this business. Right. And, and in the end, it, it's, you know, we're still continuing to develop a business that supports each and one of our clients. Mm-hmm. And have, there been, have there been instances where a nugget has been, uh, you know, mined and now brought back oh, here yeah. but, but doesn't work? Yeah, for sure. And and, and that's, that's one thing that we're really good at is, when we find something new that might be of interest to us or our team, we go all in on it, right? And and, and we find out if it works or doesn't work right. right away, right? Because we're we're all in. It's you know we're going we're we're doing the full thing right away. Or or if it requires a you know a financial investment to to do something, we're all in on it. And that way we we know if it works or not within the first one or two months. Right. And if it doesn't work, we're we're all out. You know we've tried it, we've done it, it didn't work out. So we're we're pulling out of of that specific system or that specific kind of program or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and it happens a lot, right? I mean, there's always a joke in real estate that the the way to make money in real estate is to sell to real estate agents. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's kind of the, the, the ongoing joke where we're often approached by a lot of different people who want to sell us different systems or different products or, or you know, different ideas. And it's knowing you know, what's going to work or what's not going to work and being able to, 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 you know, decipher through that. But when there's so much thrown at you, you got to kind of weed through the, through the, you know, the bad and the good and, and, and whatever. But, you know, sometimes somebody will circle back on us and say, Hey, listen, I got this awesome product for you. And we'll say, no, you know, we tried it four years ago and it didn't work at all. Right. It's not Mm going to try and, you know, it's not going to work now. We, we already went all in on it. And, you know, basically the person selling it says, okay, sorry for wasting your time. I, I, I recognize that. So. It is what it is, yeah. Is there, there's probably not a cookie cutter approach to this, but when you do get an idea, you bring it back here, is there a time frame where you find out whether or not it is going to work? Is it that two-week period? Is it a month? Does it depend on what you bring back? Yeah, so a lot of the stuff today is um, more digital, right? Right. So so to get a response on digital, you know, sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's instant, and sometimes it's it's a case of of building something through algorithms that's going to take a little bit longer, um, so, so you know, you, you and you, you kind of have a timeline on it on, on in terms of in terms of what's what's going to work. I mean, you know, one of our big things is um, you know our inside sales department, right? Where where we're constantly retooling and, and refixing it to figure out you know how it's going to work, and it's and it's just connecting with other people and, and understanding how their department works and how we can apply that to to our specific de- department. Mm-hmm. So. 
um, it's it's a constant. It's constant. It, it's you're constantly developing and redeveloping and retooling, um, and then restructuring and, and and making sure that you're you know there's enough support there for everybody on the team, and uh, and and in the end that they're able to focus on on the client, which is which is why we put the systems mm-hmm. in place is to be able to support them. On average, how many new things do you implement in a year? It's hard. Some of them are just by. I you know osmosis is right. that if it if, just, sort of it, it just kind of happens yeah. it's just you know hey this is a better way to do this I would say every single week you know we're we're constantly retooling and refixing you know and finding out how to do something better <laughs> or or you know a more efficient approach to something um you know it's it's there's a lot of moving port parts like when you're doing you know hundreds of transactions a year organization is is at the top of the list sure. and, and you know each system you want to be able to support that organization and and having other people in different roles and then, you know, and making sure that, you know, our, our social media pages are up to date and, and figuring out systems with that. And, and it's just an, it's just an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. It's a 24 seven thing where you're constantly working. And then in the end, it's, it's, it's making sure that you're still developing the business and, and working on the transactions and the yeah. deals that you need to be work on, working on. It certainly is working. Uh, you know, the golfy <laughs> team is number one in, uh, in this, uh, not only in the city, but in this country for a reason. You guys do a lot of, you know, great work and, uh, you know, the, the client responses are certainly, uh, more than positive. Yeah, it's, one of our one of our biggest things right now is is we love sharing um, our client success stories. Yeah. And, and you know we have a lot of them. And and if you go through our Google pages, I think we you know recently hit like six hundred five star Google reviews. Wow. Of all different client stories of their selling experience with us, and you know what I mean. I'm 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 whenever I go somewhere, I'm I'm I, I enjoy eating at restaurants, so I'm a huge on reviews, and I'm I'm. I don't necessarily go through the reviews and, mm-hmm. and read each and every one, but I think it's a, tr- a big indication in terms of people sharing their specific experience, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's shopping, whether it's what, you know, anything. And, and ours just happens to be real estate. So it's a good, you know, indication in terms of people coming on our website and, and reading other people's client success stories and, and being comfortable and working with us. And it's very important. Yeah. Hey, the proof's in the pudding. i uh, got a couple of minutes left in this uh, segment. So let's get to our first topic of the day, how to avoid a rental scam. So we have six tips to avoid being the victim of a rental scam. Maybe before we get to the tips, is this is this a serious issue in the yeah, city? Yeah, that's what I was going to start with is, is we've been lucky enough that we haven't had a, a victim that we've worked with be be a part of a rental scam. And the reason for that is is usually if you're working with a real estate agent to find a rental, they're going to, you know, they're going to sniff it out and understand that, you know, what's a scam and what's not a scam. Now, with that being said, you know, it's not like they're everywhere. Right. It's not like there's, you know, there's tons. Um it's not like there's, you know, if you're going to look at a rental property, I would say, you know, you, you should you you should have an understanding in terms of if it's a scam or not, and and we'll give you a couple couple ideas. But mm-hmm. it's it's not something as frequent as frequent that happens a lot, especially yeah. in Hamilton. As soon as you go to the you know the higher dense move, you know a little bit more fast paced markets, Toronto, New York, yeah, yeah. those type of markets. You know we can see this becoming a lot more frequent, and 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 that's where kind of the stories derive from, um, and the root of those you know these scams. And you know in the end they're 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 scary, right? Like it's you know. If you look at the rental prices in terms of the average price, I think the average price in Hamilton right now for a rental is about thirteen hundred dollars for for a one bedroom apartment hmm. or a one bedroom house. And and I mean when you go up to Toronto, it's you know you're looking close to two grand. A deposit on first and last month's four grand. Like that's a yeah. lot of money, right? That's yeah. a lot of money to to, to kind of get scammed out of. And 
and uh, you know, just through through the lack of of preparation and through the lack of investigation yeah. in terms of your your approach. And that's usually what happens is you know you, you're you're searching out a property, you find a property, you think that's the one that you want to move to, uh, you meet with a potential uh, you know seller, uh, you give first and last, and all of a sudden you go to the property and someone else is already living there, yeah, or the property is inaccessible for another reason. So we'll take a quick break and we'll go through this uh, uh, top. A six list of um, ways to avoid being the victim of a rental scam. We're also going to talk about what happens to tenants when a landlord sells a property in the province of Ontario. Don't forget, Golfy gets it sold. Go online to robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. You can call them anytime at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. More of the Hamilton Real Estate Show next on 900 CHML. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house in the middle of our Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio this fine Saturday morning with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700, 905-575-7700, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com if you have a question for the golfie team you can email questions at robgolfie.com again that's questions at robgolfie.com still to come we'll talk about tenants and landlords rights when selling uh, but right now six ways to avoid being the victim of a rental scam number one always schedule a showing and Maybe even more importantly, view the property. Yeah, view the property for sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of instances where, where people don't go, don't even walk through the property or, or, or view the property. They're just going based off photos yeah. because maybe, maybe... Which is crazy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, what happens is is a lot of the times in, in the more dense areas is, you know, people are comfortable with a condo or they're it's more familiar exciting, with the right? different condo. So they just look at the photos, make sure it's, you know, make sure there's an actual unit. Yeah. Um, and they don't schedule an appointment or, or whatever. And they just deal over over text or, or phone calls with the landlord. So make sure you go to the property and, and uh, schedule a viewing for sure. Mm-hmm. Number two, don't give a deposit until you view the unit. Yeah, you don't need to give a deposit until you have an accepted lease agreement. There's If a landlord's asking for a deposit up front to either view the property or whatever, no, you do not have to give a, a deposit until the lease is agreed upon and accepted. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that should be a red flag of a landlord saying, all right, I want first and last, and then we'll go see the property. Yeah, that should be a huge red flag. Number three, bring someone with you to the showing. Why is this important? Yeah, for sure. You don't want to go by yourself. Um, it's it's always important to have somebody with you, especially if you're going to meet somebody that you're unfamiliar with at, at right. a property. Um, and, 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 you know, you're going inside the property with them. Definitely bring somebody, especially if you're not working with a realtor, if you're on your own. Um, you know, bring bring somebody in terms of just safety for sure. Trust your gut is number four. Yeah, so... I mean, number one is if the price is too good to be true, if, you know, if the average market rents in, in that particular area is $3,000 and, mm. and, you know, there's a super deal for 2000 and you can move in right away and, and you know, bring your <laughs> deposit. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, 
you want to make sure you trust your gut. If you're if you're not comfortable with it, yeah. either you know start asking the right questions and, and kind of get into that interrogation mode where it's wrong until you can prove me right. Right. Um, and and it's a good idea to 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 make sure you ask those right questions and and your gut's gonna your your gut's gonna tell the story because if if the you know we live in a in a market right now that that there's very few rentals available. If this was um you know if the market rent if it's well below market rents. It would have been gone already type right. of thing. So trust your gut. And back to number three, if you have someone with you, you can check their gut feeling yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, watch for photo quality. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, in terms of these particular scams, a lot of people will will steal photos of other properties and, and say say it's their own. Um you know, if they're if they're listed by a brokerage or a, a realtor, you know that that person has a backing of of a brokerage, yeah. or, or you know what I mean. There's a little bit more more trustworthy that goes into that. Um, there's a little bit more you know authenticity to that listing because it's put up through the MLS service, which in that in in, in terms they have to be a part of a brokerage, right. which they're licensed under the Real Estate Council of Ontario. So with all those things, you know, it, there there comes that trustworthy, but. It, it you know if you're looking on Kijiji if you're looking on those other you know those third party websites it, it's hard right it's hard to de- determine if it's a legitimate property it's mm-hmm. hard it, you know what I mean it, 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 it there's a lot of unanswered questions and and, and and you don't know yeah if it's online it could be from and I mean th- it could be cropped from any other website really yeah uh, and number six enlist the help of realtor this is obviously self explanatory yeah I mean there's a lot of realtors as much as you know we we're you know our specific kind of market is in resale properties, but there's there's a lot of realtors that will offer the service of helping you find a rental property, and and you know it, they would offer you and, and definitely be able to steer you in, in the right direction and not you know put put you in one of these situations. And the reason is because the deposits are going to be dealt through the trust accounts of the brokerages. Um, that's one. Number two, it's you know the security of of being able to go through properties with somebody, somebody who's familiar with certain areas or certain buildings, um, and and somebody can, who 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 can make sure that they have the right clauses to protect you throughout the lease agreement and the lease transaction um, in that process. So, as much as 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 much as you know, we buy and sell houses for our 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 clients and help them through that process. The transaction through a lease agreement is is the same i would say it's even you know to an extent a little bit more complex mm-hmm. than than a, a you know a regular agreement of purchase and sale on a on a property but they're there to help you and and one thing that our brokerage does is in, in our team specifically is you know we want to make sure that we turn you from a you know into a client for life right so you know if this particular person is is looking to rent something well you know in two or three years if we provide them a really good experience and and helping them rent a property they're going to come back to us and, and eventually buy when they're ready to buy. Their first right? House, right. And obviously everybody's situation is different. For example, some people will never plan on buying a house. But if we can create that good experience in terms of them finding a rental property, they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, hopefully they share it online, like I said, on our, on our, on our reviews. But they're going to eventually come back to us and, and want to work with us again to, to make their purchase on their next house. And yeah. that's what's what's most important to us. Yeah, that, that recall is huge, obviously. Uh, what to do if you are the victim of a scam? Uh, gather all the, inf- you know, all the information of the fraud, you know, all the documents and receipts that you had. Uh, report the incident to police. Uh, contact the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center. You can report the incident to the financial institution that the money was sent to. Uh, if the fraud took place online, you can go to Facebook, eBay, Kijiji, and uh, 
victims of identity fraud should place flags on all their accounts and report it to both credit bureaus, Equifax, and TransUnion. But back to, you know, enlisting the help of a realtor. When I was younger and looking, uh, obviously I moved around a lot being, uh, you know, a young cub in radio, is that I never considered, you know, going to a realtor to say, hey, can you help me find a place? It was always, you know, going to the newspaper, the internet. I'm not even sure was invented at that point. (laughs) Um, But it was, you know, kind of do it yourself. It's hard. And and usually when you're you're put in that position where you're finding a property, it's usually last minute. Like you, you, you... you and know, you're settling, you're usually, really. Yeah, you're usually looking for your next first day of the next month. Yeah. Right? Because one, if you're looking for a property six months in advance, well, somebody's not going to really rent it out for you because then the property's going to be vacant for right. the for the six months. Yeah. So you're usually, you know, last minute scrambling trying to find something. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's just from my experience in terms of people that I've worked with or, you know, from my own specific experience. You know, yeah. I, I, I once landed in a new country for an internship, but I didn't have anywhere to stay that night so just shows you what type of person i am in terms of <laughs> finding a rental so but uh but but yeah i mean it, you know it's hard right it's it's hard you know we're you know there's not a lot out there but but definitely the the experience and the the help of a realtor would mm-hmm. would help for sure do you have a designated person on the golfy team who just deals with not just deals with but deals with the majority of rental properties yeah it's area specific right that's okay. how our, our, our team's divided up it's it's um you know we, we we strongly feel that if you know a realtor should not be selling a property or a house in an area that they're not familiar with and dependent on where you're looking to buy or where you're looking to sell on that geographic area, that's who will you who who you'll be working with. I, I mean, obviously, there's one offs, right, in terms of how how people work. But for the most, we feel that people have you know people are more successful when they're they're obviously working in an area. Yeah or neighborhoods that they're they're familiar with. So it makes sense. Depending on that, yeah. Don't forget, Golfy gets it sold. Go online to robgolfy.com. You can call them at 905-575-7700. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you have a question for the Golfy team, email questions at robgolfy.com. What happens to tenants when a landlord sells a property in Ontario? It seems like an easy question. Yeah, this is this is something that we deal with all the time where, where you know, a landlord will come and, you know, whether it's, you know, they're moving on to a different investment or whether they're done, you know, managing their rental properties or whatever. You know, everybody has different reasons for selling. But the ones with tenants often, you know, are, are often a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more intricacies to, to the transactions because you're dealing with a number of, of different parties. Now, the tenant doesn't care, right? right. Usually, you know, if you're a tenant, you know, and your landlord comes to say you're selling, then it kind of puts a little wrench or an unplanned circumstance, unforeseen circumstance in your life that you wish you didn't have. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's no there's no way around it. So oftentimes it's it's, you know, now we're dealing with with the seller who who their goal is to, to once again, sell the property for the highest amount of money. Right. And now we're dealing with the tenant who has people coming through their house at, at any given time. Um, and, and it's making sure that we work and, and we're sensitive to that relationship as realtors. But it, it, it's hard, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's really hard. I'm going to guess that most tenants, at the end of the day, follow the rules. They're okay. But there are some that are just a pain. Yeah. You know, there's some that are a pain. But it, it's making sure that you're able to, you know, accommodate them to their schedule and be respectful to their schedule. But all while still trying to obtain a goal and, and sell the property. Right. And in the end, you know, if nobody's allowed to come view your property or that you don't let anybody come view your property, you're losing a large opportunity to sell because 
you know, there's statistically, if if somebody's showing gets denied, for example, if I I book a showing on your property, Rick, and you say, you know what, you can't come through that time, uh, call back another day. There's a high percentage that I'm not calling back, right? And that's just that that's been proven through statistics. I think it's like eighty percent. You know, between eighty and eighty-five percent do not call back to book that. They're second just showing. on to the next. House. So it just yeah. shows you how each and every showing is so important, especially you know, you know, if you've been on the market for for a while, or or if you're having you know trouble selling, it's it's each and every single showing is so important that now when you're dealing with another you know a, a tenant who who's denying them or, or is not letting any, anybody in the house, it's it often you know sabotages your opportunity to get a really good price for your for your home. <laughs> so as it stands right now. When, when a landlord wants to put their house up for sale, they must give the tenant 24 hours notice prior to any scheduled viewing. Okay. So that's, you know, and the, the tenant is, um, you know, they have to allow to make the property available for that potential buyer to come through, right? And now... Is that is it is it the tenant's responsibility to clean up and and vacate the property, make sure it's in pristine condition, so that the landlord can get the most money? No, right. It's not their problem at all. Right. You know right, that's right. not that's not their responsibility. Their responsibility, you know, they they, you know, they don't have to leave the property. They don't have to sweep the floors. They don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they can they could stay home and and cook. Right. They're, and, they're paying the the rent exactly. to live there, right? So, um, and, and, and that's what, you know, but w- what happens is the tenant with the 24 hours written notice or 24 hours notice, they're not allowed to deny that potential buyer coming through the property. And that's in the Ontario lease agreement that, that tenant has to let that. Right. So that, that's a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Uh, in terms of tenant rights, what, what rights do they have and when owners of their properties are selling? Yeah. One, one, one thing before we get onto that, one thing that I was most surprised with is, the, the the landlord has can can even sue the tenant if they do anything to sabotage the mm, the, the sale. Right. So, you know, if if the tenant denies or avoids showing the property for for the sale despite insurance, the landlord's prior and proper notice, then that is considered a material breach of the agreement by the tenant, which which I found super interesting. Hmm. Um, and and you know you want to make sure that the ten- the tenant and landlord have that good relationship. Often when it comes down to this certain time where the landlord's selling the property, it might sabotage that relationship, and you know might might cause some some right. disagreements, right? Well, but, especially when you know the the landlord could potentially sue the tenant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, things can go awry pretty quick. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but for the sure. the tenant obviously has some rights in this regard as well. Yeah. So so obviously the tenant cannot be evicted. Right. Um, if if a tenant has signed the lease, they cannot be evicted due to the sale. The the if if it's an ongoing lease, the tenant has the right to stay, and the new buyer must assume that tenant at the, at the current the lease, lease ah. at the current lease structure. Right now, obviously, if you're on a month to month lease, then you know the landlord can give the tenant sixty days and, and say, hey, you know, here's your sixty days, right? And and then you'll have to leave due to due so, to the sale. So if the tenant's there for five more months, that house cannot be sold until that five months elapses. No, that house can still sell, but not change hands. Until Correct. The the the, okay. the 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 purchasing buyer would have to assume that tenant at that current lease agreement. Wow. So I mean, it makes things hard, but yeah. it, it protects the tenant from from you know. Not having to move, right? Right. I would imagine, though, that most landlords plan this out and they're not doing it, you know, midway through a one-year lease. You would hope not. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it not, happens. But it happens, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know, 
everything's unforeseen, right? You, you don't know what's going on or, or, you know, something, even uh, something as a, another investment opportunity or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it happens a lot. It does happen a lot. And, and sometimes, you know, people will sign these leases for three or four years and, um, you know, and, and three, you know, two years go by and it, two years is a long time. Yeah. Oh, right? things can change. It, big time. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's fair. I think there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of protection for the tenant, um, in my opinion, than than for the landlord. Yeah. Um. But but you know, there's a lot of good situations out there that that you know, there's great tenant and landlord relationships. I was hearing this. You know, I was I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and he said, "Phil, you know, I got to sell the house." And he said, "My tenant moved out." I said, "You know, one of my questions was, oh, like you know, how how much were you getting, and how long did the tenant live there for?" And the tenant was there for like 18 years. Holy cow! Yeah, and it was just a, a good situation. Um, you know, the landlord and tenant relationship. And obviously she was paying, you know, well below market value. But for him, he, you know, he had no problem taking a, a below market value rent because knowing it was going to last that and long. And they right? had a, you know, he had a good tenant and, and, and now he's, you know, he's, he's done with it. He says, you know, I don't want to re-rent it out. He goes, I'm just going to sell the property mm-hmm. and, and away we go. But, you know, and there's those really good stories out there. And then you hear about the bad ones as well, where, where people have tenants that, you know, will go in and, and smoke in the house or after they say they don't smoke or destroy yeah. the property and have parties and, and do whatever, right? So, you know, I think it's just, it comes down to respect and it comes down to, um, you know, a, a good a good tenant-landlord relationship. Mm-hmm. One one thing in terms of advice that we, we often tell landlords is don't rush into a tenancy agreement because, you know, everybody's afraid to leave their, you know, leave their, their investment property vacant for one month. And yeah, I mean, you might lose a market's, you know, one month's rent or two months rent, but make sure you find the right person because that one month's rent is a lot less than what a bad person can cause you in terms of your overall investment, right? Might be short-term pain for some long-term gain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're up against another break. Still lots more to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Philip Golfi, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfi team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfi on Instagram and Twitter. You can like the Rob Golfi Facebook page. Some great listings, some photos, and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can send the Golfie team an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. If you have a topic idea or just have a question regarding real estate, again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. 12 tips for buying a house 
in a new city. My, my parents are in this boat. They're moving from the GTA. They're hoping the Niagara area. So they're looking at uh, basically crossing a couple of you know soft borders. Obviously, they're not going through you know guarded borders or anything, but they're going from uh, you know one part of the province to another. So this is really apropos. Uh, so let's go through this list. Number one, which is kind of easy if you're selling a home and staying in a new city or, or, or staying in your old city or going to a new city, is determine your overall budget. Yeah, I would say the... Uh the Skyway Bridge is like a hard border for a lot of people coming from the <laughs> It could be, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they come over the Skyway Bridge and it's like, well, I've never been down here Where before. Where am I? Yeah, it's, wow, there's <laughs> farms. There's farms over here. Exactly. But yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, it is, that's funny. So obviously the number one thing is determine your overall budget. Have an idea in terms of what you're able to spend or, or what a specific dollar value gets you. And mm. the best way to, to do this is, you know, get somebody, you know, We'll go through the whole list, but but you know, a simple search in terms of neighborhoods that you're looking for will help you determine you know what what the prices are yeah. in, in terms of a range, right? For example, you know, if you're looking for a detached house in Grimsby, I'd say you're probably starting at four hundred and seventy to five hundred thousand right. right away, detached, right? You know, and that's with very few upgrades, you know, decent yard and whatever. So, you know, once you get those round numbers and those those borders, then you can start to narrow it down, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you want detached new with updates, then obviously you're going to go up. Well, detached new with upgrades with a big yard on a nice lot, you, you know, you're going to go up, right. and then you you start to bring in the square footage value. It just determine your overall budget and what that's going to get for yeah. you. And there's probably no worse feeling thinking, okay, we're going to move here. And then you start looking at the prices thinking, okay, we can't afford there. Yeah. We're going to look somewhere oh, else you, You'll figure it out very quickly yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, number two, consider renting first. Are a lot of people doing this? Yeah, this is a great idea. This is what, what you know, especially people that are coming from out of province. So, you know, say you want to live in the Niagara region, but you're not sure where. Right. Well, 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 rent. You know, li- live and you know work, w- live and work in that area, and then you'll have an idea in terms of as you create new relationships. Perhaps it might be your commute. You know, what highways or what roads you want to live close to, or you know, perhaps you might like a a, a certain gym that you want to go to, or or maybe you're a part of a tennis club and you want to join it. You know what I mean? You'll 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 learn what amenities you want to be close to, as well as your overall lifestyle, mm-hmm. and 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 just driving through the areas, you'll say, oh, wow, if we live there, then we can do this and, and do that. It, it, it's something that we often see people do, and I think it's a very, very, very good way to educate yourself on a certain area and where to live in that area. And I, right. I, I always recommend in terms of renting, rent for a year in a specific area, and you'll know exactly where you want to buy. You never want to make a move to move again, right? right? It, 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 there's a lot of you know, taxes when it comes to moving, uh, you know, realtor fees and, and, you know, there's, it's easy, it's easier to move from a house that you're renting because you don't have to sell it. You just have to give your 60 days notice and, and away you go. go. So, um, it's really a stepping stone. Exactly. It's, it's a great way to, to find your next property and, uh, and do that. Uh, this goes along lines of number one in, terming, in, in determining your budget, but research the housing market online. And whether it's MLS or going to, you know, robgolfie.com, there's a whole host of information on the internet. Yeah. Actually, on our website, it's, it's pretty neat. We have uh, community profiles that, that explain each yeah. community. And, and, and not, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we want to get down to neighborhoods, right? It, it just requires a little bit more research, a little bit more right. work to, to describe each neighborhood. But but we have we have community profiles of each area that you can that you might want to live in, and they're really detailed. Um, they explain the demographics. They have highlights on the schools, highlights on the transit systems. Mm-hmm. We have um, you know walker scores. For example, if you lived on a on a certain street, you know what's your walker score? Basically, a walker score, you know, 
is a score out of 100 that shows you how close you are to, to certain things and how close walking distance you are. Ah, cool. And it's a, it's an algorithm that, that adds it up out of a, out of 100. Um, for example, if you're right downtown, your walker score is going to be 100 because you you got hospitals, parks, schools, right. transit, right. grocery, restaurants, everything you need. Yeah. So um, it's it's really neat, yeah. Uh, number four, there was a colleague of mine uh, from Winnipeg who recently visited Hamilton uh, for business slash uh, personal. And the personal was they're thinking of eventually moving oh, wow. to this area. So they visited the city that they wanted to move to and yeah. probably got a, a, a nice eye opener. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always so neat to hear these people that will, will you know, might have a career that they can kind of get up and move anywhere yeah. they want or, or find specific jobs in certain areas. and. You know, sometimes they'll be on a work vacation or whatever, and they'll just fall in love with the city. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, I can see myself living here. And they just <laughs> yeah. get up and go. So those stories are awesome. But, uh, yeah, definitely visit the city before you move if you have that opportunity. We got uh, moving to a new city, what home buyers should do. We have a host of uh, tips to get to, and we'll get to that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfie.com. We're going through 12 tips for buying a house in a new city. Determine your overall budget. Consider renting first. Research the housing market online. Visit the city before the move. Number five, find out the city's transportation options. A lot of transportation options here in the city. I mean, there's more to come. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. LRT, More to come. HSR, Go Transit. Yeah. Uh, consider the commute. And that's interesting for this market because there's a lot of people who go either the GTA, well, hey, someone going the other week way. Our, uh, my commute's been flipped upside down. Uh-oh. I'm commuting in from Grimsby to Hamilton and you know now this Red Hill's oh, yeah. closed and we got a couple other road closures. So, you know, it's going to, my commute is a little bit uh, dicey right now. There's two seasons in Canada, winter and construction <laughs> season. And right now we're in the latter. That's right. Uh, number seven, research crime in the area, which you can simply do with a Google search, interview and find a reputable realtor. I'm not sure if we have to expand on that. Just call the golfy team. Uh, Number nine, check whether your employer will cover the move. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yeah, usually if you're being moved for work, they will cover it. If not, then, you know, try and negotiate a way for them to uh, alleviate some of the costs for you. Number uh, number 10, hire a reputable moving service to help you move. Uh, 11, check out neighborhood listservs. And number 12, connect or reconnect with people. Obviously, people living in a city that you haven't been to or haven't been to in a while are going to know about that city. So that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I found out? There's a lot of Facebook groups that are in certain neighborhoods. Yeah. And and, and if you can look up, you know, I know 50 Point has a, a, a Facebook group that's very active in terms of you know their neighborhood. Uh, I know there's a couple other little neighborhood groups that that are active and and you know just sharing different things going on in the neighborhood and whatever, right? Yeah, it's, it's all just about a, information. It's just a way to connect with people in your neighborhood and and uh, you know go through that. A few more minutes left in the show. We'll end with what two million dollars will buy in five Canadian real estate markets. We've done half a million. We've done two hundred fifty thousand. Now we're up to two, two million's a big million. ticket. That's it's a big massive. number. There's not too many two million houses. In, in, in this area, right? I mean, $2 million. Probably oh, count you, them on one hand? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, So I'll go through one that we have right now. We have a $2.7 million house in 
for sale in Niagara on the Lake. Wow. It's right outside of Old Town, Niagara on the Lake, like walking distance. Uh, it's on 1.3 acres. It's 4,300 square feet. Has, you know, cement, saltwater pool. Has everything's done. It, it has a completely separate entrance with a full in-law suite. Two families can live there completely separate. Wow. Um, so this is like a palatial estate. Oh, it's 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 a beautiful house. One thing that's so neat is is they actually use a brick that's twenty five percent less smaller than a regular brick. Really? So it it, it gives that house that old character kind of look. It, hmm. It's it's all brick. It's it's beautiful. We just wow. we posted it on on our Instagram accounts and our Facebook accounts. We have a really cool lifestyle video to to kind of show the home and and the area that it's in. It's surrounded by massive beautiful trees. Has a nice little stream going through it with a bridge. It's it's a <laughs> it's a beautiful home. Yeah. So it's worth 2.7. 2.7 million <laughs> that's on the market right now for sale. All right. So there's a home uh, and this is a, according to a McLean's article what 2 million dollars can buy in five Canadian real estate markets. So there's one in St. Catharines which is just down the road from Niagara on the Lake uh, listed at just over 1.9 million dollars and that'll get you about 3500 square feet uh, custom built in 2015 uh, an open concept floor plan which would be uh, rather uh, disturbing if it was not yeah. for for almost 2 million dollars. Uh, um, but you know, St. Catharines, nice area, two million. That's going to get you a lot of house. Yeah, uh, two million in Vancouver gets you a nice condo. Gets you a nice condo. <laughs> <laughs> this though is um, uh, a four-bedroom, three-bathroom private rooftop patio. So mm. at least you're towards the top of this building, yeah. and it's a 15-minute drive to downtown. So location's amazing, but yeah, yeah, that's a big ticket item. In Calgary, $2 million will get you uh, a pretty nice house, 5,000 square feet, yeah. two and a half story. Calgary's affordable right now. Calgary's it, very it, affordable. In terms of a lot of real estate analysts from around the country, they say Calgary is one of the most affordable places to live in Canada, yep. um, but it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's their economy that's kind of struggling. Yeah. It'll rebound. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, basement's finished. It's it's really a nice uh, a nice house. Goose River PEI. This is a monstrosity of a house. Yeah. One point nine million dollars. It is uh, a waterfront mansion, gourmet kitchen, three bedrooms, three baths, uh, uh, amazing dining room. Uh, and then there's a $2 million house in Blainville, Quebec, which again wow. is dressed up all the way to the nines, uh, 15,000 square feet. Yeah. That is humongous. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting how, you know, a condo in Vancouver is 2 million and a 15,000 square foot house in Quebec it's awesome is 2 to, million. It's awesome to compare. <laughs> I love these comparisons and you know they're they're drastic as you go across the country, but even if you compare it just down the QEW, when you go from Toronto to Oakville to yeah. Hamilton oh. to Grimsby to Niagara Falls, there it's even you know it's crazy how drastic the comparables can yeah. get in terms of a, a a price point with only a you know let's call it an hour and a half on any given day exactly. drive yeah. right I mean, two hour drive down the QEW. So so uh, we only have about forty seconds or so. This house in Niagara on the Lake, uh, how long has it been listed for, and is it going to go quickly? We just listed it this week. Oh wow! And I mean, yeah, you'd hope it go it, it would go quickly, but you're. The market's so niche. I mean, your buyer pool that one can afford a $2.7 million house is so small. And then the next, you know, is this what they're looking for? So it's perfect for a a family that that wants to live in Old Town, Niagara on the Lake. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a, there's this prestigious kind of, you know, sought after really sought after area one of the nicest areas to live in 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 the niagara region that uh that needs a dual family kind of living style so it's perfect for somebody that that's like that so we'll see i mean hey listen we'll celebrate this one to the to the moon and back if (laughs) if we'd be able to sell i think it would be one of our highest transactions 
um, in terms of a sale price on the team. So Sounds like a nice place uh, to live. You can get uh, more info at robgolfie.com or call them at 905-575-7700. Phil, thanks for coming in. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML.